0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another week of Growing With My Fellow Growers. Happy Super Bowl to anybody who cares, and uh, welcome back to anybody who doesn't, who's with us here live on YouTube, streaming live. Uh, We're on Zoom right now, but you got myself and uh, the panel here. I'm going to pass it over first this week to Spartan Grown.
1: Cheers, Jack. Cheers, panel. Cheers, chat. I am Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word, no spaces. Or you can shoot me an email if you don't do social media at spartangrown at gmail.com and I'll help all of your gardening questions, indoor-outdoor. Or if you have lighting questions, uh, you can shoot me an email at russ
0: at gmlarmy.com and I can help you there as well. Happy to have you back. And next of our regular panelists this week, we've got Brandon Russ.
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, if you guys didn't already know, you can go to Bokashi Earthworks and use code GROWBIG for 10% off your entire order, including things that are already on sale. And there's a bunch of awesome products on the website. So go check that out, and uh, yeah, good to be here. Um, I'm not a huge uh, sports fan. I don't have the time or the energy to give into that stuff, so it's always good to be able to just do weed stuff.
0: I'm always happy to be here. I've actually got it on the background. My wife's a big Taylor Swift fan more than she is a football fan, but I guess that's brought a lot of people to the NFL viewership as of late. We're always a kind of halftime show slash commercials, Super Bowl viewers. I used to watch it growing up more so. But that being said, I want to introduce our special guests this evening. We've got with us Art Man.
3: Hey guys, how are we doing?
0: Good, good. And so the people know they can find you at Artman with two N's, 420, and then it looks like one underscore on Instagram?
3: Yes, yes.
0: Artman is, uh, was one of the Velvet Punch, I believe, F2 testers, or maybe you grew the F3, but I know you got some uh, purple buds, purple rosins, some good looking stuff. We're happy to have you here tonight. I think that you mentioned that you maybe either had a harvest recently or you've got a harvest coming down pretty soon. So looking at your Instagram, my wife was admiring the chunky buds that you've got going on over there. So some good stuff going on in the garden. I see some plants Uh, dangling in from the side of the frame there so uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about about what's going on in your garden
3: sure i will first i'll tell you why i grow uh me and my wife both have medical cards Uh, i have a uh, bulge disc and uh, cervical dystonia she has cerebral palsy so it's medicine for us and uh you know it's pretty important especially for her 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 situation is much worse than mine so but uh it it really helps alleviate a lot of symptoms so, and as far as the type of uh, why I do what I do, I do, here, I'll just give you, you want me to just start the whole tour here, but, oh,
0: oh there we go. We lost your uh, video feed there. for some. oh
3: Hang on a second. I'll get you.
0: While you get that back going, I'm going to say welcome into the American one who came uh, just a few moments uh, after the intros.
4: Hello everyone. I am the American one on YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore Akeens over on the IG. Most of you know me. It's always good to be here. Good to see Art Man showing up. Hey beautiful. What's so up, Art Man? And uh, there was something else. Oh, yeah. I had to sign in. That's why I'm a little later than usual. I guess I got an update. Didn't know it. Whatever. But yeah, always good to be here. And yeah, continue.
0: The usual Zoom shenanigans and technical difficulties with updates and and uh... You know, unlogging us in and things like that. But yeah, it's good to have Artman on here with us. He was just walking us through the grow and telling us a little bit about right. as a medical person myself, I always love when I hear somebody put that really up at the top of the list, like the first thing I grow because these medical purposes as a daily user, everyday user, I think that it is understated in the current Uh, environment because we've got so much adult use and recreational, so to speak. Um, It's sort of getting pushed to the wayside, talking about the medical side of things. I'm really happy that you started off focusing with that. But, all right, man, we'll uh, spotlight your video here, and that way you could walk us around and show us what's going on.
3: I will. And you're right about the medical. Um, I found that uh, the best one I've come across so far for us has been Harlequin, the CBD strain. And I'll tell you what, uh, my wife gets uh, 25, 30 shots of Botox in her neck and, and the back of her head. And she said the uh, one joint of harlequin reduced the pain by 70%. So, I mean, it is serious shit. And this stuff, you can make a salve out of it. And it works really good too. So anyway, I'm going start. start from the beginning. I do, uh, cloning. These are my clones. Rock wool. I, uh, use these little ones with the plastic on them. I do really good. I get good results with these. These are very vigorous. Got a couple of. Uh, I see uh, Doc is not here today. Uh, on Smot show, we had uh, baby clones. We're messing with these little tiny clones, and Doc was uh, wanted me to cut part of one of them. Anyway. But that's just someone playing with. Just like Seed Person's crazy cloning, upside down cloning.
0: Shout out to Seed Person one. He was the first one in the chat uh, that I saw at least tonight. He uh, gave us a shout out and I always love his uh, Instagram posts. He occasionally Rick rolls people. And even today he posted a little <laughs> optical illusion and me and uh, somebody else in the comments started. That was me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was you. You said never going to give me. you up. And then I said, never going to let you down. And I posted the, the gif or gif of uh, Rick. Dancer.
3: That's right. Yeah, that was pretty good. He's good at that. Uh, seat Percy, he's funny. Oh, I meant to say, hey, Russ, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Seed person. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I answer to everything. How <laughs> oh, that we was really my joke. Hash, You got any hash
1: left, man? Looks like he is not letting up on that thing.
3: I'll tell you what, man. I'm tired of you smoking all my shit. And I want to try that bong. I-, I love the look of that bong. It's a nice bong. So, I'm sure it's one of your favorites. <laughs> yes, it is. That's my, that's my <laughs> daily driver, bro. That's what I usually am using. And that is a complex thing to paint. Let me tell you, it's, it's surprising <laughs> me how many pieces there are. And everything. But anyway, well, back to this. Well, if you've ever seen any
1: of my paintings, you'll know that I understand how hard it is to paint because you make things that you can
3: understand what they are. I can't even do that. I did not know you were an artist, honestly. I'm sorry. Ah, that's my point. <laughs> well, I'll have to look at some of your stuff and think. Anyway, this is a. Uh, I think is my... a little
0: more abstract
3: painter. Well, that's cool, too. I got some abstract upstairs from some friends of mine. This is the ebb and flow. Got a reservoir at the bottom, grow trays at the top, uh, uh, pump on a timer, put uh, newts to the tray, goes to an overflow, back down. These are uh, Chad Westport uh, Nakatomi Plaza crossed with pineapple chunk. It was done by Monkey Dew over at uh, Percy's Grow Room. So I'm getting ready to move these into the other room. But I will take you through this stuff here first. Got the old RO unit. Going to the large RO water holder. Got my nutrient mixers. I'm using Jack's 321. Uh, it's my cloning setup. I have a 55 gallon or 50 gallon reservoir. Got a chiller.
4: Got a chiller. Yeah, go back to your pH pen there for a second. Did you make that little yeah. holder?
3: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got one for uh, for this one, and I got another one for my. Uh, Look at that!
0: What's yeah. that made with? Yeah, it's, like a, a uh, it's, uh, it's a.
3: It's a it's a plastic coated hanger. I got from Walmart, I think. And that one's for the yeah, blue lab. You know, just sits in That's pretty you know, ingenious a- and cool. Now, you got the caps on them, or? Uh, the, the, uh, EC meter doesn't have a cap, but the, uh, yeah, the pH meter definitely does have a cap. So, okay. All right. I'm sorry to but, Yeah. I thought that was beautiful. No, that's cool. all right. That's hey, beautiful, if, little if you guys then. have any questions, let me know. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's look at
0: the mixer real quick, since we're talking about some of your equipment, because sometimes yeah, sure. we breeze over stuff that you use all the time. And, uh, most of us <laughs> might look at that and be like, what is that? What's going on there? looks it's like you got a few pumps. Uh,
3: two, two, uh, cheap water pumps, uh, on a, a plexi frame. Uh, zip tied. Got uh, the uh, cords are run to a a multi uh, a plug, and then this plastic uh this stuff just keeps them together. You just get that at Harbor Freight, but yeah, I, I don't like mixing with a, a spoon, so I just throw it in there and let it cycle for an hour. You know, it's all it's all dissolved by then. So, but good for aeration course, too. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my my uh, stuff. I don't even use air stones anymore. So because the the uh, system, it, it comes out this little, let me grab my phone real good so I don't drop it. That's my return line, and it's a fan, and it shoots, sprays out over the surface, so I get lots of aeration. I don't nice. even bother with stones anymore. It does, they do nothing for me. So
0: Yeah, and, just a been in the water like that. You
3: got it. And this is my, my friend here, my pH doser. I love my dosers. I got one in there, too. I can just look up and say, hey, everything's good. So, And I got an aquarium heater. Uh, It's not plugged. The heater part isn't plugged in now. I had to turn on my chiller this week because it got so warm here. The temperature was rising, but uh, that keeps it nice and warm because it gets really cold in Illinois. Let's see. And I got uh, synchronized timers from the reservoir go through the wall into the flower room. This is the flower room. It's a a synchronized timer here with the other one. The Grow Tray. I'm calling it shallow, uh recirculating shallow water culture, because it's exactly like deep water culture, except I use a tray instead of buckets.
0: Like That's uh really, Loki really Grow really does business. tables kind of, but his are a little yeah. bit deeper, but still uh I don't think like you're saying, I don't think you need super the idea of DWC I think might be uh, some people do get massive-ass plants with massive-ass roots, but for your space, you don't need a, a table that's, you know, three feet deep, well, like a bucket.
3: Yeah, but you see, I got six-foot-two ceiling, so I can't have a table at all. I need to go as low as I possibly can. I've developed this over years. All of this stuff, by the way, is all do it yourself. I figured it out myself. So But this one, uh, the the root mass is from side to side, and it's two and a half inches thick on that never had it so big it's absolutely massive i'm gonna have to uh, uh, take some pictures of it put it on instagram i mean i've had big root masses on this but the the one from my new light this is my new light by the way it's a uh medic grow full date uh the par is so much easier more even from side to side it's it's really nice so here a great, are my boats. great light
0: great spread good efficiency good price
3: Uh, I cut like 190 off on, on Black Friday. So
0: never buy a light
3: unless it's Black Friday or 420. (laughs) You know, they're they're 200. One or the other. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. But this is Flow OG. It's two plants. It's, uh, we have a five, uh, plant count limit here in Illinois. So I kind of try to adhere by that but these are getting really nice and fat uh, i've done uh, some back back building or back budding if you want to call it on some of these buds got some og structure termy. how are they smelling oh, right oh they're they're wonderful they are and they're thick and solid they're so dense
0: i'm actually vaping some og right now it's it's what i would call more of an old school og that's like earthier and um there's a little bit of like a carry off carry like the spicy undertone but then there's also this most subtle lemon ever it's um, OG it's like the word OH and then G-E-E-Z I think it's a back cross of uh, a few different OGs from Bohemian Chemists it's good flower, sun grown but uh, super terpy but definitely older school, the newer OGs I would say are more lemon forward and a lot gassier this is more like earthy um, but good shit for sure I wish I was
3: better at describing them I'm kind of. I mean, I can smell them. I haven't found one that I haven't liked, except for one that was like pure pine saw. I mean, that stuff was so strong. But other than that, I like most of all.
0: Some people are hunting ways. for that
3: pine saw stuff.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. So let's so, so right, see. You got that pollen bag on there. What's what we got? Oh yeah. This which what, what we got on?
3: I am doing a cross of low OG and nine pound hammer.
0: Oh! Yeah, my first, oh, uh, yeah, my first, uh, my first attempt. Jinxproof? proof? <laughs> jinx proof? Sorry I time. don't know. Uh
3: <laughs> yeah, jinx, jinx proof. seed proof. person. Seed person gave me the pollen. He sent me the pollen. So I'm not sure where it was from, but it's a. It's basically a bag that you put over the.
0: Over That's the, the only nine-pound hammer I'm aware of, but there's probably knockoffs at this point. How does it uh, uh, jinx? Oh, I see. That's nice. That's really cool. Foam, a little foam
3: collar. You put a drill a hole in the middle and cut a slit, and it splits over. It's nice and snug. Nothing. Yeah, like the corn through, it's them. not. It's not going to crush it though. It's not going to crush the bed. And I actually built a little frame out of that that white wire I was showing you earlier, and made it so it wouldn't collapse on itself. So, but I like uh, hopefully, like the window, I like out. the
1: window, because you know, us old school guys kind of just take a. A lunch bag a, a paper lunch bag and just zip tied around the end but uh, that's a yeah, little a brown sl- paper bag yeah that's way slicker there
0: yeah, that's- yeah well i did this
1: photosynthesize you know still can photosynthesize inside come
4: yeah, out you injected the pollen
3: art oh, man <laughs> i was on smart show i was uh I, I injected the pollen the uh the uh syringe is still down here but i had a syringe full of pollen i showed it in front of the camera and then I pulled this over here, but what they didn't know was I uh, I switched the uh, the pollen for an empty uh, syringe, and I was filling with it. And the whole point of this was everybody has been pollinating everything, and I wanted to see if I could pollinate one branch without pollinating all this stuff around it. And I fiddled with that little uh, thing, and I said, "You got to be careful with these." And I went, and it popped, and it was it looked like I pollinated everything, but I had it was I just tricked them. But uh, it was pretty funny though. Everybody, uh, I fooled everybody. They all laughed. But I put a slip in the top of the bag, put the pop, the uh, syringe in there. I just used this the plunger as a lid, and I popped it off while it was in here, and then I tapped the pollen and dropped it all in there, and then taped it over, and I uh, shook the bag real good. So uh, I think I probably did it good. We'll see. Uh got little, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna harvest all of this, and then I'm gonna leave okay. that on. I, like I was talking to you earlier this, or last week, Jack, so I was going to leave it on the uh, root mass for another week or two and then harvest that. That's my plan. So I'm hoping it works out good.
1: I think that's pretty slick. That's that's pretty nice. I like that.
3: Yeah, I got them from DAGA Garden. Isn't it? DAGA, cool. So that was so. Yeah, that's how uh, directed me over there. He had he had heard of them there. So they got one that uh, covers a whole plant. like yeah. Six, what do you mean? It's uh,
4: They have like yeah, a bag, wow. mail, mail. It's like a mini mail tent, kind of Spartan. And okay. it, the the company is PBS, and they're not in America. But I tried looking for them, and I it was the only place I could see where I could you know purchase them straight away. I don't. I didn't really. Get so bags, you can just grow them. mail,
1: mail in it basically to collect pollen, harvest the mail in it, keep it in the bag, shake all the pollen out. Is that the idea?
4: Or if, like, let's just say you want to keep a male around and you don't have to worry about it getting everybody, you know, you I put it in a little see. yeah, then you don't have to worry about it. Getting, yeah. getting everywhere. That's one of the reasons. Or like you're saying, you can just save it like that. And then when you want to if you have a tent full of girls that are ready, you can bring them in there and take you know, open it up and shake it, whatever, but yeah, they have different products. They have different size bags. They have like mini tents. You can put the whole plant in,
3: and yeah, it's it's really. Is there a way ready for a gas exchange though? At least. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Permeable. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've had cool. I've had a fan. I got a fan in the corner up here on this the whole time. They say it's breathable. So, and I haven't seen any kind of mold or anything down there. All I see is the uh, it was uh, what was it uh, a quarter pollen, three quarters flowers. So that's all I see in now. So hopefully i won't have any but we'll find out it's all for fun though i i am a hobbyist i'm not even pretending to be any kind of a breeder, so i want to put that out there first <laughs> <laughs> i'm not claiming i'm not claiming anything those guys work their asses off they do so much uh, work to stabilize stuff you know
0: and then sometimes the hobbyists fucking knock it out of the park with some shit like GG4. That is just a dude growing oh, yeah. in his house, you know? Oh, okay.
3: yeah. You can find a diamond. Absolutely. I don't know if I will. I'm doing it for fun. That's all I like
0: consider
1: myself. I'm not even calling myself a breeder, man. I just, I've just just thrown together like some hobby stuff. I preserved some Vortex, and then I slammed it against some of my favorite keepers. That's all I've done with it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. That's
1: one step, man.
0: Seed maker versus a, an intentional breeder. Even if you're doing intentional breeding, you could just call yourself a seed maker, or you yeah. know, a phenol hunter. Yeah,
1: I don't work the lines. I haven't worked. Yeah. I, I'm, I going haven't to, I'm going to. I'm going to do. To do I'm going to pick out a few things, but I'm not going to work all those lines. I'm going to see which ones yeah. I like. Pick a couple lines that I like, and then start working those.
4: You know, being a selective pollen chucker is my uh, my. That's what I call myself. Very selective pollen <laughs> chucker because. You know, I'm not just gonna chuck pollen. If I, even though I love that cheesecake male, I, I wasn't keen on hitting every female I had with it. But, you know, someone said, you know, you might as well, and uh that does work too. But, like, yeah, uh, I, I consider breeders that do the line, like F1, F2, F3, and get more involved. They're more of a breeder than I would call myself. But definitely, uh, uh, yeah. I'm selective, very selective. I won't I don't want to pollinate shit that's not worth pollinating.
0: Call myself aspiring breeder. I'll put it out there. I, I'm not there yet, but I'm doing the steps that all the greats before me have done, in my opinion at least, or many of the greats. And then there's people that do just have a really good eye and know like this is actually a gem. I need to get it out there, like in the case of GG four or some of the stuff before like Chem. I think Chem Dog is one of the earliest um really killer strains that kind of got pretty widely passed around it's been around for a long time
4: nobody really bred that right that was an accident yeah that's what i'm
0: saying that's what i'm saying is like
4: most of the greatest strains known to man are are, weren't intentionally bred
0: yeah i'll say that there's there's a lot of uh good strains that are intentionally bred though like donnie burger which was an f8 that was bumped (laughs) into a gmo which is a plant that he found from seeds that he purchased
4: Yes, the blueberry is a. Is the example blueberry.
0: of the blueberry. Yeah. is an interesting one a lot of people don't know this but he was not trying to make blueberry when he first started in his own words like he will admittedly say like i took this uh highland oaxacan gold and crossed it to Thai. and then like he called that like uh htaf or whatever and like made these crosses and like by the time he got to like f3 he started seeing stuff like flow and like in the crosses of the f3 he found things that were like blueberry and started to work those lines. so it was an evolution that like came about from, he just grew the best stuff that he was getting imported at the time and crossed it together and saw how it worked together. But uh, yeah, he definitely did more traditional. And I, I guess back then it was easier to like work with Landry stock cause that's what was around, you know, he calls them, I think like heirloom. Or something like that. Uh, I'd have to pull this book up. It's been too long. I also I, I
1: also want to throw in the argument too that back then they didn't have, of they didn't have the ability to have all of the strains that we do now either to play with, so they kind of were shoestringed, and it was very illegal, and nobody wanted to talk about it, and there wasn't the information sharing. So they were kind of shoestring because of the slow circumstances into a few strains and just work the hell out of those because that's what you got. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of that, a lot of the early work was really good line work, uh, really hunting through those genetics because that's all they really wanted to risk. They didn't want to go out and, and get more, you know, different strains, wildly different strains to, to continue that project uh, because of the environment they lived in.
0: Well, Ian yeah, it was hard even like when the first seed bank started coming around. It was like you send a few hundred bucks off in an envelope to like Holland and then you wait like two months maybe and then like they might show up. So then like if you actually got them, you're like, oh, fuck, I need to make these last. So I'm going to like make a second generation of them and then take my favorite ones and start crossing them together. And that's how like AK Bean Brains and a lot of other old school guys did it when the seed bank started coming around where they're like, hey, I'll get a pack or two or five and see, grow them all out one year, pick my favorite ones, uh, maybe keep a clone or two. So a lot of people didn't even know about cloning, to be honest, back in those early seed days. So uh, no one for a while was keeping clones. But later on, like 90s, I would say, is when that became more prevalent. Like chem is a nine, 1991. And the only other strains that I can think of that are in that time I've heard were Mother of Berries in Maine, which may have been a little bit earlier, which um, DJ Short obviously was breeding his blueberry stuff in the late 80s, early 90s, and it started coming to more public, I think, in the 90s. So there's been people that have been doing it for a long time, and some of these living examples exist, like the chem. That was literally, the guy was 17. He popped it from a bag seed that he got at a Grateful Dead show. So it was just like a sort of a unicorn that's still to this day viable and like highly desirable. Actually, I would say it's like one of the things people desire in the market. And if they haven't tried it, it's one that they're like, that might be like a grail strain, like something that they really seek out and try and find a good example of, but yeah, it's a little bit finicky to grow. And I think that a lot of the, uh, like what Spartan was saying on the opposite end, they were kind of shoestringing it back together with what they had, whether it was like land, race, import, whatever, um, Now we have kind of like every color of the rainbow. And I think some people get upset about like, oh, there's so many cookies or gelatos or skittles or or whatever it is, the modern hype variety. But it's like, you don't have to breed with that. Like there is still a lot of this stuff around. Like if you go to certain breeders that are landrace preservationists, you can get the pure landrace or you can get like hybrids of like land races crossed to your favorite, whatever modern day varieties. And then those pump out some stuff that's unique and different than what you're seeing in the day-to-day. So there's so many options today that some people do get discouraged because a lot of uh, people work the similar popular stuff, but there's also just more diversity than there's ever been. Like you can go any which direction forward, backward. It's a, uh, I think that we're probably in a better time than ever before. Like, even though we can look back with rose tinted glasses and think about how, Oh, when I got high for the first time in middle school or high school or something, I got so stoned off this thing and it was so skunky. And it's like, Sometimes I think uh, if you take like a tolerance break for a long time and then smoke a little bit, you'll be like, oh my God, I got so high for the first time. I don't know if it was a strain or if your tolerance just got super low. Um, but yeah, it's I think that there's a lot that goes into the breeding and, and preserving of these genetics and uh, whether people call themselves a pollen chucker or a seed maker or a breeder. Um, I'm just happy to see more people making seeds because I will say for a while, it seemed like everybody thought... Oh, the only good stuff out there is like these elite cuts. You need to get this clone. And if I don't have this clone, then I'm not going to be growing good weed. And I actually, because like we had a great dispensary system here, um, started to fall into that belief almost for a little bit, because there would be some stuff that would get really popular. And a lot of it was for good reason. Like the hype was real. Like the the herb was actually really good. And when you got it, you're like, Oh, I want to get more of it. And, uh, when you're, if you're growing, you'd be like, I want to get a cut or some seeds or something related to it. So, um, I'm kind of just rambling over here, but I think uh...
1: I agree with you. But then there's as a grower, as you grow and you grow those strains, right? Those those named strains, those cuts. Inevitably, you're gonna maybe while you're smoking, you're gonna think, "Where do those cuts come from?" I want to be the person that finds the next cut. I want to be that person. So you're back to seeds. Everything's back to seeds, man. When it comes to at least it was for me as my as I as my evolution as a grower went it always goes back to seeds to where I always want to, I want to find that new whatever. And it might not even be the, the new strain. I mean, it would be great for a strain to become popular that I found that would be great. I think that would be great. But what's even more great to me is I find, I find the one that I think is great. It's not somebody else's opinion or even the popular opinion, but the one that I think is the best for me, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm searching for. Um, and then everything in between, everything interesting in between, I want to find that. I want to find and grow that. And um, I'm not super um, hesitant to be to take in a cut if I know that it's great because I want to grow that and I want to experience what it's like to grow that strain too. So um, I'm not um, anti-cut, but uh, I am very pro-seed.
0: <laughs> I've also seen cuts Mike, change Mike. from one system to another. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
3: I grew I grew uh, Northern Lights in '93. I know old guy, uh, but and the stuff I have tried Northern Lights and it is not the same. I'll tell you what, it, it's totally different. I have not seen one that's that's equal to what I grew back then. I don't know why though.
0: There's a few reasons I think. I think that one got watered down because a lot of people tried to copycat it. A lot of people made F2s and kept them, and maybe F3, F4, F5, and by the time they made it to that late of a generation they've made major selections that have pulled it pretty far away from what it was originally um the guy brandon's actually in touch with him i think he's still around i can't think of uh his name off the top of my head but there's like a specific individual who's out there now and uh he is known for making the northern lights i think it's northern lights greg greg McAllister. yeah, I think from yeah,
2: greg, greg, yeah greg McAllister. he actually lives on the big island of hawaii and uh He's a friend of mine. He actually, you know, he'll call me probably once a month just to check in bullshit about new science and stuff. He's, he's an OG, you know, he actually introduced me to, um, uh, the, the, so there's a, a the guy who created sensi Seeds. Oh no. Yeah. Scentsy Seeds, which I think was the first seed bank in Holland. Um, he hooked me up with his son too, who's out in, in, in. Um, Thailand
0: is it Neville's Uh, son is the last name Schoenmaker or No, or is it Howard Uh, Marks
2: it is Ben Drunkers but Brandon they they got Alan Alan from Sensing Seeds it's uh, it's uh, the the owner's son he's like they restarted the offering seeds again Sensing Seeds yeah and that's yeah 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 just like two three years ago right Yes. Yep. So in, the in original was I think out of Holland, and yeah. I can't remember what uh what his name was. Actually, I think it was it was Greg that hooked me up. Uh, Greg McCormick that hooked me up with uh with Greg McAllister because Greg McAllister is, is the person that gave all of Todd. I mean, sorry, Todd McCormick's not Greg McCormick. He gave Todd all of his um all his basically stuff everything that
0: he, that he makes and sells
2: yes all the stuff that Todd McCormick makes and sells is from Seattle Greg so Authentic the nl genetics
0: i think is what he calls NL, it
2: yes the nl2 the nl5 the purist indica that's all greg stuff and then greg has a son which he it's it's an interesting story because greg had a son uh but who lives in norway And they didn't even know that each other existed and they connected through a DNA test. And so his son also is the only other person that carries all of the old seed stock that Greg had because Greg has a huge library of genetics. That's very impressive. When you you look at all of the names and the crosses, it's all old stuff like NL5 times White Widow, you know, Trainwreck, you know, all these like older varieties that were well-known really well-known in the 90s uh in the 80s and so it's pretty cool
0: yeah some of the best work for a lot of people and i don't think that it's rose-colored glasses i think those were the ones that were and i think that people rightfully criticize like high times cups but those were the things that were winning them i think in the early days and some argue that they were bought and paid for all the way back to the first one but um i think some of the best stuff was like those super silver hazes and like White Widows, some of that shit that was winning the early cups and got really hype in the late nineties and early two thousands was actually like good. It it was when un- the hype was around good good stuff.
2: Yeah. The effect is the effect was better. Um I one of the biggest things that I see now is all of the all of the cookie poly hybrids, they just la- like they look great and stuff. They have great, it's like, but it's just, you know, it's just basic. Fucking chronic. It's BC with a facelift, essentially. It is so empty on the high. And it's like all the stuff that I work, all the lines that I work are all older stuff, right? I don't have, with the exception of the Mac V2 uh line uh stuff that I have working with some of my lines, everything that I have is all pre-cookies, and all of the effect is like 10x what you would what i would smoke uh feel out of smoking something like joker's candy or something like that you know i get uh i smoked a bowl of blueberry train mac like around 7 30 in the morning right before i left the house and i was high as fuck until about 2 p.m you don't get that with the new stuff
0: maybe an hour if you're lucky I think that's a uh, part of the uh, marketing of it. It's like they know that they're going to sell these expensive ass eighths to people that only get them high for like an hour. So they're going to have to smoke more of it. Would and you then, say
1: Donnie burger only gets you high for an hour? No. So there's new ones out there that can still do it. They're just, they're not, they're not common. That's all.
0: Yeah. That's what I, do. I like I have my little list of like 30 or 40 people that I think are actually doing good work in the industry where there's probably a thousand breeders out there. Top 30 or 40, you know, and um, some of them are still working that. Like, if you want old school shit, go to Mr. Nice. Shanti Baba, the dude who bred 75% of the stuff that Neville was selling and marketing, or Ben Dronkers, or uh, Ariane from Greenhouse Seed Company, all these early seed companies, they're basically backed by the one man, Shanti Baba, who basically uh, took his stock and went to Mr. Nice. He changed the name White Widow to Black Widow and basically lost like all of his name recognition. And I think a lot of people, weren't able to follow that story and uh, understand that like he's the guy who made the super silver haze not ariana greenhouse so people think oh greenhouse because that's who won the high times cup in 97 98 99 with the super silver haze but really it was shanti baba who made that cross in collaboration with neville was actually a great reader as well and r.i.p he uh struggled with uh opiate addiction and he had a uh, in and out of jail and for cannabis and other things and it was really interesting like his whole story If people don't know about like the origin of the seed bank like in holland you were actually able to as like somebody who got out of prison get like funds to go uh, start a business and the business he started was a cannabis seed bank and it was literally called the seed bank which ultimately later on became Sensi seeds so whole story is definitely uh, one that needs to be revisited sometimes i think because uh, it's the foundation of what is modern cannabis in my opinion and many others It's fairly well documented, um, not only through High Times, but just through people's personal experiences. And High Times was, at one point, really a good thing, I think, a counterculture icon that helped people get access to seeds and lights and technology. And uh, whether they're perfect or not, people like uh, Jorge Cervantes and uh, Ed Rosenthal's that Although, like I said, no one's perfect, but uh, they put out a lot of information that put a lot of people in the right direction. So I think um, we're standing on the shoulders of giants like them and and others before them, Mel Frank and uh, others who were writing about, documenting uh, with photography and just writing stories and uh, you know things about how to grow the plant, how to breed. Uh, ours, Robert Connell Clark, you know, uh, Canada's botany, or I think it was called marijuana botany actually, but... I don't like using the M word, but yeah, that book, I think if you don't know how to breed, you can get it. it for free on the PDF and it. it teaches you everything yeah, you need to that know. That's,
3: that's an old book. I had that one. I, all we had was books in uh, in high time. There was no internet. So that was a challenge. Made it a lot more of difficult. Guys oh yeah. There's so much information out there now and lots of people willing, knowledgeable people willing to share it. So I can't say that anymore.
0: Better time than ever, but at the same time, you got to avoid the bullshit because there's a lot of people that put random stuff out there. Like, I don't even want to give examples, but (laughs) you can find them, I'm sure, from bro science or even worse. Like, there's just some really terrible advice that if you go on the wrong, you know, groups online or forums or whatever, you'll be like, holy shit, I can't believe people are doing this. Uh, But there's a lot of things out there, and we can only advocate what we feel like is the best way that for us that we've had success and enjoyed. There's lots of ways to do it. I'd say that there's definitely some things that you want to avoid in terms of like pesticides, heavy metals, and the obvious molds, mildews, uh, pests, and things like that. But for the most part, um, something just resurfaced today. I saw somebody talking about like the sprayed buds, like with like tasty puff or whatever, like basically the tobacco flavoring. They're like taking old weed or not so tasty weed and flavoring it with anything and everything, uh, which I thought is a bit controversial. (laughs) I know most of us are like purist and would never ever do that but i guess people are buying it and smoking it and it's a sad reality that most of the consumer market doesn't have any fucking idea so if they open up a bag and it smells good even if it smells like artificially good like it was sprayed with some flavorant uh they don't give a shit they're just gonna smoke it and be happy that it's in a cool bag
1: i was told the crazy story by uh bc bubble man marcus he was telling me he had a buddy call him from somewhere in the states that had a commercial operation and they said, man, we've done everything right in our process and we can't figure out what is like this weird sheen on the top of our concentrate. And Marcus was like, you sprayed your plants with something, man. And they were like, they're like stopped in the mid sentence or whatever. And they were just like shocked. And we're like, how did you know? How can you tell? <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? Oh. <laughs> but where do you think that goes? You're spraying it on your, tri- especially when you have trichomes. And according to bubble man, he said he's cause he's got the macro. He takes macro photos of all his all of his plants and his concentrate. And he says that he's, he's gotten trichome formation in way, way, way early veg. Even he said, so, Even the rule of you can go, it's it's okay to spray in veg and not so, but, you know, but not in flower. He said, he thinks that you can still transfer that from veg into the final product, especially if you're just dumping the whole plant in there and washing it. I was like, wow, I've never even thought that detailed into it, but that is crazy. So, you know, think of that because concentrates are more and more popular if there is some kind of a uh i don't know which one i will just call it an impurity something other than trichomes uh, and it
3: concentrates I'm, it down to yes it's, it's going to be con- co- it's everything gonna, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be concentrated
1: yeah. as well so yeah. just hopefully hopefully your concentrate artist is doing something to remove that if they if they're getting it hopefully when they get it they're not getting that because the
0: grower did their job so It's funny, you can actually verify what you're saying. Go look at a seedling with something like one of these, just like a little uh, 40 or 60x jeweler's loop. You'll see the first set of leaves that's not uh, cotyledons, Um, the one that actually have like the ridges, they have trichomes on them almost every single time. And even the stalk of the plant has Mm triches all over it, up and down. Not necessarily all bulbous or raised-head bulbous. There's the uh, stitholicyc, whatever the fuck but oh, there's yeah. uh, the, the ones that are just stalk, uh, capitate stalked, and then there's the bulbous ones that are actually just sitting right on the leaf. But yeah. that being said, all of them, even the hairs, people once told me, Oh, the hair won't get you high, right? The, the stigmas or the uh, pollen catching agent on the plant, essentially, pistols, a lot of people call them as well, um, which I think are both proper stigmas terms. Proper. So, stigmas. but the regardless of what you call it, the terminology. I've looked at them and I've seen macro photography just like Marcus and others, uh, Zoom Gardens and so many other really cool Instagram accounts that have like really great macro photography. Shweil is another one. Um, they zoomed in on a hair or uh, I'll just call it stigma, whatever. And there was trichomes coming off of the fucking hairs, which I was like, oh, wow, that's cool because it verified like the story that I told all my buddies back when I first got uh strawberry cough. And when I was in high school, we bought like I got an eighth of it i was like oh there's really good shit so we ended up buying out whatever the dude had and in the bottom of like the ounces you'd have all these red hairs literally just like loose red hair in the bag if you took all the buds out so we took that and it weighed out to like maybe a gram or something and we rolled up a blunt of just the red hairs and it got us it burnt really quick but it got us really fucking high and it had a lot of flavor and so i think that uh, tommy chong once said pretty much every part of the plant will get you high. If you grind it up, he goes, the stems, the fucking seeds, he goes, we've smoked it all back in the day and it'll still get you high. The resin, the fucking stuff, like literally the parts that you don't even think of the plant that have resin on them still have resin. It's just not as concentrated. You're not going to intentionally smoke the stems. Um, they seeds pop when you smoke them. So do the stems. Stems also sp- poke through your joint. If you're trying to roll up with a paper or bust out of your blunt. Um, So there's downsides to having stems and seeds in your butt. Obviously I understand that, but, If you were really desperate, and another, going back to DJ Short, he said when he breeds a plant, he wants to, and he probably at this point is just able to, take the entire stalk of the plant from like the center of the plant all the way out to the bud and test that because he was basically saying like as much resin as it's going to produce, because a lot of people are growing for concentrate at this point, field grown. So it's about biomass and that biomass, how much does it yield in terms of cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, esters, and other things like that. So- A lot of people aren't growing for flower anymore. There's a lot of the market just goes straight to edibles, just goes straight to concentrates that you can actually. There's things like CRC, uh, color remediation, uh, whatever, where they run it through stuff to get the color brighter because people want a lighter beach sand color than like a dark color. And if they see something that looks oily, they can you know distill it out and then add the terpenes back in. They're doing all sorts of techniques like Spartan, probably rightfully called them an extract artist or whatever. Um, Some of these guys legitimately have like chemistry degrees and have like multi-million dollar labs like we're dealing with some serious shit at this point like they can do and they can change the shit you can get like cbd hemp and turn it into fucking thc like they're nature is the best chemist in the world
4: anyone who's like separating everything out and putting it back together i'm not for that at all that's just i like spotting with his pico straight up you know but but yeah i guess especially with adding in the terps, They're adding, you know, they're adding in turps everywhere. They add them to the, to to everything. You get a bag of weed from the dispensary, there's probably turps added on purpose.
1: But what about like the distillation process where you know the boiling point of everything? So you boil off the solution, you collect everything individually, then you put it all back together and now you have it pure with none of the
0: impurities. What do you feel about that? I think the in- term impurity... Implies that it's necessarily not something that's going to have a benefit to you. Like, I would think a lot of us would be like, oh, chlorophyll, we don't need that. But then when I looked into chlorophyll, there's like parts of it that help uh, relieve u- upset stomachs and things like that. I would that. say, yeah, for
1: medicine. What I'm thinking important. about is undesirable, like, uh, I, you know, the grow got sprayed with something or.
0: Like a pesticide or so having like, that, yeah, or, or foreign or material,
1: or bugs. Like I don't know what Bowman's
4: doing, but you can you can get a pretty clean straight off the plant. You don't have to process it. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what I think. But but for well, people are going to argue with you. What's processing? It uh, depends. If
1: you, if you trim over a trim tray, that's a process. You just dry sift.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but you're not separate. You're not uh, distilling it, separating everything out. And then putting it back together. My thought is there's right. there's chemical. people out
0: there who benefit from the stuff that's even distillate, like C B D Disty, and THC Disty. For like was some guy I who came on Hash yeah. World or Bubble Man's World or uh, Hash Church. And this young kid, his mom would come on with him, and they talk about the only thing that worked was distillate, you know, specific ratios of THC distillate to CBD distillate, and that was what worked. They tried flour, they tried edibles, they tried this, RSO, that, all these other things, and that's what worked for him. And they said, like, everybody's cannabinoid system is like a street. We all have different potholes on our street, and we can all, like Spartan said, hunt that pheno that fills our different medical needs. So you might have different needs and desires, like my wife had a good recommendation i thought like today is the super bowl i'm watching right now it's three to zero brandon. the second quarter and like we we're talking about the super bowl like if you could build your own super bowl what would it be and like everybody has different stuff like she was saying like like keef on the bottom or like hash <laughs> and like what strains would it be like i love cherry pie cherry pie helps me go to sleep i also love uh like temple ball hash so i would probably do like cherry pie flour on the bottom with a little bit of uh keef yeah like, say
4: something brandon so everybody in youtube bro can see those
0: we're, we're not on Gallery. It should be able to show everybody.
4: Oh, oh all right. Well, make them big ones. Check that out.
0: Oh, no, of course. He he muted himself and then uh, showed it for a little bit, but he's and just no, turning no, off RSO. I love his medicine.
1: process, too, because it's different than ours. It's a different way of processing it. I like
0: his way even more. Do you, know, do you guys know what this is? Solventless hash oil, I think is what you call it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, solventless cannabis oil. So uh, very similar to the way that hash is made, but you take all of the bags instead of just, uh, a lot of hash makers will just take the best bags, but you take the full spectrum and then you press it and then you let it crash out into an oil. So I, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to show so you guys can see the clarity of these. I don't know how good it, it's working, but um, with this particular product, it is a decarboxylated hash rosin, essentially that's crashed out into oil form, and what what it allows is for a completely bioactive formula. And dude, this is the this right here is the best medicine I've ever had as far as cannabis goes, as far as like medicinal effects, sleep, pain relief, just you know, anxiety, relaxation. This is the best thing. And unlike the the uh, alcohol, you, RSO, you need a
4: smoke and it or both because you can do both, right? Brandon, sorry yeah. to
2: interrupt. Yeah. So with this, um, I take it orally. However, you could dab this as well if you wanted to dab it or whatever. It, it It's essentially, you know, hash rosin that's just crashed out. So it's smokable, but I use it orally because it's orally active and it's uh it hits pretty quick and it's more handy. efficient
1: that way too you don't lose as much it's more
2: in the yeah. amount that you use is really small so we're talking about the size of a rice grain
1: that's what i mean you, i didn't i didn't say it means like what you would eat is way less than what you would dab at least oh your...
2: yeah the size of a rice grain is is a good a good healthy dose two rice grains is like you're like if i take two rice grains worth um completely out Um, if i take three rice grains when i wake up i'm really groggy
0: i used to take like a half gram a day my wife has these uh they're from emerald bay extracts it's kind of makes me almost think of like the pharmaceutical industry like we were talking about earlier extracting things down this is literally a pill and you've got 50 milligrams of rso on each side but it's like a, a tablet of some sort of it's vegan sugar-free but it's just like a little uh They put 50 milligrams of uh, RSO and then they obviously have a blend of other sort of whatever to take. And it just comes in a jar that literally has like the child safety press cap. So it uh, always makes me think about like we were talking earlier about distilling it and that whole process. And um, that's really what pharmaceuticals do. Like Tylenol, just it comes from a tree, it's a natural thing, right? but they use all these different processes and they take the pain relieving thing out of it and then they extract it down to these little pills. And um, I just think it, it comes down to what people prefer and enjoy. Um, obviously, we're probably mostly fl- flower purists, but I also enjoy RSO. I make my own. And I haven't gotten it lab tested, but I know a lot of people who do using these types of machines, like the extract craft, that are using a vacuum and boiling off the alcohol under uh, pressure and atmospheres or whatever that make it uh, reclaim the alcohol so much so that you're getting 95% of your initial amount back so with that and then a little bit of a cook-off process I'm very confident that the RSO that I'm at least making at home is um, at the end point solventless because there's no solvent left and I think same with Fregoroli like he does BHO and he has tests that show he has 0.00 PPM parts per billion testing with zero amount of CO2 or um, butane if you're using a food grade alcohol to make your rso that's your
1: solvent so it's food grade so even if there is a tiny amount maybe there's a part per billion part per million whatever even if that is the case it's food grade and
0: it's safe to eat so it's not like it's a dangerous thing i used to take fucking shots of everclear when i was in college which is not far i mean you can make it with everclear but we i use the 190 proof from a 420 extractor it's just like a ethanol grain alcohol or whatever but, um, yeah, I mean, it's impressive how effective it is. Even though, like, I've used olive oil. <laughs> I've used butter. I mean, you can extract cannabis with a variety of things, and although it might not be as high of a percent, uh, it'll still get you there. I can make yourself some homemade brownies with some homemade, uh, even uh, coconut oil. It's another one. Simple. Just let it literally sit in there, like, overnight in a jar, strain it off, and use it in your cooking.
2: Use vegetable lithiacin. In your blends, whether with your, whenever you're using a fat to do your extraction, whether it's butter, oil, anything like that, use that vegetable I think that's how you say it, right? Less, <laughs> I
0: say than I don't know less than Who cares? Potato, yeah. potato, right? But
2: but I use yeah. <laughs>
0: sunflower. It's the one I like.
2: Yeah, it'll help homogenize that mix, and it'll help. Uh, it'll help bind the uh cannabinoids, the fat molecules.
0: Spartan, you also had another trick for kind of getting some of the green taste out of edible material. I think it was something about like soaking something before. Yeah, I think de- I,
1: I de- This is uh, when I make my butter because I don't like the flavor of the green flavor. So I will, I'll decarb my plant material first because uh, when you decarb it, it's not soluble. THC is not soluble in water, and Are then you I'll- doing
2: it like baking sheet in the oven or what? Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Well, well, actually, I'll usually do a lot at a time, so I'll get like what you'd make chili in, a big giant what, what do you call it, pot yeah. <laughs> fill it with a ton of weed and then put a, a pot big, full of pot. Yeah, a pot full of pot, fill it on it. And um, then after it uh, cools off, then I'll fill that pot full of water because THC is not water soluble, so it won't go into the water, but all of the chlorophyll is water soluble and it leaches into the water. Um, I'll, so I'll, I'll just set it down in my basement so it stays cool. And then um, I do at least a 12-hour soak. Sometimes I'll do a 24-hour soak. But halfway in between, I change the water so that it gets fresh water to soak more into it. And when you do those pour-offs, you, you just, you're you just like, I'm glad I did this. <clears throat> Especially the first pour-off. Um, And it really does make a big difference. So then you can, you know, that I have a screen that I dry, let it dry off on. That's the big pain in the butt that takes a long time because then you have to dry it. Uh, Then once it's dry, then I make my butter out of it. I've tried to skip the step of drying it and it doesn't work. It makes it come out terrible. I tried like, well, it's fucking wet. I'll just put it in a double boiler and throw butter in there and go at it. I tried it that way. didn't work. Just dry it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Tanya, it works better. It's funny. Um, there's not a lot of other, uh, well, none actually on the panel right now, but we used to have some of the guys from the Mich- Michigan Bros Grow Show, like Skillbo and uh, some of the other, you know, um, crew who I think aren't even actually over there at this point right now because life and stuff like that right now, but um. They would be on talking about, oh, yeah, I met up with Spartan at this fucking recent event, and I ate his edible, his Spartan cookie, and I couldn't taste it at all. But I got so fucking high, and it just made me think, like, got to use the less than, got to try this technique to get that green taste out if you're experiencing it. Because um, I will say the brownie mix and the coconut oil combination, without having done that, we, I don't taste it. And I'm one who's like, I don't like the green taste. I love cannabis. I'll eat the fucking raw leaf off the plant. But I just don't want it in a brownie or a cookie to taste like that. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm eating greens, I want a green. But with an edible, like a sweet like that, uh, I want it to taste like chocolatey or whatever. It's supposed to taste like a peanut butter cookie, not peanut butter and weed. So I guess it's sometimes a good sort of like a stop sign a little bit for people to be like, oh, wait, this is actually an edible, not just a cookie. So I shouldn't just eat the whole thing like a sugary sweet cookie. I have to treat it like this is a medical I'm ingesting a, a pill, <laughs> yeah, like the same way I would think about that, yeah i I push back on that every time people say that
1: to me. No, I like the weed flavor so I know that it's in there. I'm like, no, how about be just we're adults? We're not kids. Make something that tastes good. We can enjoy this. It doesn't have to be a terrible experience. <laughs> just put it in its own container or something. but I
4: like on. the weed taste, not maybe a chlorophyll taste, but I like the taste of that weed man, I like that taste.
1: Well, the, I mean, if you like the weed taste and you want an edible, I would just decarb your weed, like the bud and all, and then just eat that. You can grind it up and sprinkle it on just about anything, and just eat that. It's going to taste like weed, and you're going to get high.
4: Yeah, man, I sprinkled some mugs on my pizza more than once. Yeah, sure. that's a good. That's a
0: good. That's a good way to do it, man. I like that too. Uh, seven ten labs just did a rso rating like people commented like they said like what do you put your rso on and like somebody said like peanut butter inside of an oreo uh somebody like said skittles and they're like we think you were trolling us because it's now it's like stuck all <laughs> over our teeth and like all over the roof of our mouth they're rating it like one through ten and like skittles was like a one or two out of ten and then there was like gummy bears or other ones and like they're like cut the gummy bear in half and then like put it inside or whatever and then it goes down or whatever but there's a, a whole lot of different ideas over there and I thought it was a interesting conversation to how yeah, you it's... get it in pizza was actually one of them and I think they didn't like the pizza because with RSO being an oil it like heats up on top of it but I think buds it's almost like people put rosemary or not rosemary yeah, basil and good? also yeah. oregano and other things on I read browser. a pizza with basil oh it's so good it's so good I feel like I can smell it just thinking about it yeah <laughs> We have a really, really, really good Italian place by me that just does—it's like amazing. I'm not gonna say the name, but it's so fucking good.
1: And I'd be shouting from the rooftops if it was good. Give them props,
0: man. They're already so busy, man. They're they're Uh (laughs) no times. I want no one going there. It's my spot. I don't want you to run into Jack. You know, walking there, (laughs) eating Italian food, skating down the road on my little tiny board. But yeah, it's a, uh, I'm very fortunate to have something like that. But getting back on the weed thing, I see that we've got Art Man. I think, uh, aren't you also kind of a culinary person or just, uh, on the art side of things? Uh,
3: I'm just an art guy, just the uh, visual arts. Oh,
0: good stuff. Awesome. Do you ever dabble with the edibles or RSOs?
3: Uh, yeah, I do actually. I, I have never done RSOs. I was really interested in what he was talking about, what Brandon was talking about. I've never tried that. I've, uh, I've never done the, uh, the alcohol or the uh, Everclear or whatever you want to call it. But I do have some, uh, I have an Ardent and a magical butter machine. So I have done uh, salves, lotions, stuff like that. So, and I have done some cook, um, just uh, rudimentary cookies and stuff like that. But I do have a set of molds now and I was going to do some gummies. So after this harvest, I got a lot of plans for this harvest. So it's going to be nice. Good stuff.
0: Did you, do you have a rosin press or something? It looked like when you grew the velvet punch. Oh, yeah, players. I do,
3: actually. Stick, right. Yes, he does. I've seen him press live oh, yeah. on yeah. air. Well, you want to put it on the big screen there. What? All right. Everybody all right. wants it's to see like the it. wall. Yeah, everybody wants to see what's going on. Everybody wants to see what bottles you got and all that kind of stuff.
0: All the tools. Let's so just go down.
3: 420. There you go. <laughs> okay, these guys are up to something, but, you know, I'm not really sure what they're doing. can in the brain, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's my press right there. It's a uh, uh, look Press in the U.S., but it's a 12-ton uh, model with the uh, the uh, pu- uh, gauge on the spare pump or the uh, auxiliary pump. That's nice. I like the guy. hand uh, pumps, dude. Oh yeah, it's nice. I I did a lot of uh, a lot of research, and a friend of mine, OC Grower on uh, YouTube, I said, uh, "What do you think of this one?" And he showed me a picture of his, and it's exactly like this one. He said you got a good one, (laughs) so that was pretty cool. I did a lot of research, and yeah, it's it is. It's way it's twelve ton. It's way more than I'll ever need. So, you know, uh in uh, overkill because it lasts a lot longer. Absolutely, lasts forever.
0: You know. Well, and you've got the the right type of bars on the side, like the cages. It's a good quality locked in, and you can do more with
1: that bigger plate. You can do more in one press. So you. Your job's faster.
0: Yeah. A lot of people have tiny little plates or even like a circular plate, which n- nothing against it. I mean, get whatever you can get or afford or, you know, is out there. I don't even have one, so I can't critique at it all. <laughs> It'd be nice to have for sure. Uh, I've seen people use um, hair straighteners. There's a dude in oh, New York yeah. who's using hair straighteners and a Timberland <laughs> boot. He would step on it <laughs> to get it more a pressure. Timberland
3: boot? You're kidding me. A Timberland I boot? I yeah, I couldn't do it's it. his brand I, I logo. I tried to see clamp. I try to see clamp but i damaged the damn thing. Like yeah,
0: so many people break their wife or girlfriend's uh hair straightener that i never ended up trying to i uh, love and respect lady g too much to go fucking up her thing but maybe buy a cheap one or something find one on facebook marketplace or craigslist or something like that uh ebay but
1: love and respect i'm hearing scared that's what i heard
0: don't want to get the ass whooping no uh <laughs> she's got beautiful hair you know got to let her she doesn't mess with my stuff i'm not gonna mess with her stuff so i gotta keep that you know respect for each other keep keep that tradition going i like that it's uh always good to you know i've got my little grow things that uh lots of i've taken over many parts of the house and uh she actually is the one who is pushed me into it so she has to blame herself a little bit but uh, I expanded it a little bit more than I think she ever anticipated initially when she gave up that first closet. So you're here in the background. So uh, my wife
3: supports it fully. Any sacrifices that she, anything she has, like I might need, she'll gladly give it up.
0: So. You're working with a much better square footage. You're just, your grow space that you walked around is about my living space. So uh, I do it on a little bit more micro scale, but uh, where we're living I, don't have as much of a need. Like we get so much free product with my wife's position and I have good connections with a couple local growers. So we're uh, fortunate to be flush and high quality cannabis all the time. And so I'm not like desperately getting to my next harvest. Thankfully.
3: Right. I I had a bad, uh, I had the great might war of 23 that, that really it sucked. I had a whole grow go out. And I, uh, doc was telling me I didn't need to really kill it all. I could have done it with predators and, but it was pretty advanced and I didn't like to mess with it. So that set me back. But like you said, I had jars, so it lasted me. I got through it.
0: Go it's good to not be hurting. I remember when I was fucking scraping up crumbs off the tray, you know, trying to figure something Looking out. I was for riches, resin in the bowl.
3: Oh, resin. God, I haven't smoked resin. Now, rosin, I like resin, not so much.
0: Resin in the pipe, dude. <laughs> when I used to smoke spoon pipes on the regular, like you'd be out and about. So you'd have your little, you know, glass spoon fucking paperclip was your best friend i will say a resin hit is probably some of the highest i've ever been sometimes because god knows how much fucking the the thing is when you burn cannabis even like down to the ash you're not getting a hundred percent of whatever is in there i think i saw some conversion or something the other day where people were saying like they estimate like 87 percent or something of thc or thca is actually um consumed by the time it's burnt and inhaled so we're losing a good percentage of it so like even if it says you know 20 30 40 or whatever they're going to tell you from the lab um, significantly less of that per puff is making its way to us but we can always use a little bit more which is a beautiful thing but I think that's a major appeal of um, RSOs and edibles generally for me getting back on that topic is that they last so much longer so it's like you can take it and like if you have a strain like Brandon's it might you might find stuff that lasts several hours but I think with RSO it's discreet you can pop a little capsule or eat enough of it. He said, that a grain,
3: he said a grain of rice though. That is incredibly potent. That's what you that's start amazing. people on.
0: I'll say that. Like my tolerance got up to the point where I was taking like, you could take half gram in the morning, half gram at night and be functioning perfectly fine. And that's like a half gram is like a, a syringe is a full gram, depending on the size of the syringe. But um, half I've gram taken a full I, gram at a time.
1: Yeah, I've taken a full gram is the most I've taken a half gram would have been my the top of the dose that I would take and um it will make they'll make me sleepy eventually but I've had that tested and the lowest I've seen a half gram test is 300 milligrams so I always assume it's at least 300 milligrams
3: that's a I great think dose. I better look into that you guys you know he says it, it's such a cure-all for a lot of stuff sleeping too I mean that that'd be great God I'm in mean, insomnia. there I, used to, oh, I guarantee,
1: I guarantee you that it will help you with sleeping. i so many people have told me that I'm on sleep medication and it doesn't work, and blah blah. I said, and I have, you know, short of having to beg people, I won't beg people. But <laughs> short of having to beg people, I'll tell them, you know, try this. I you know, almost guarantee that it will help you with your sleep. It's worth it for
0: a try if you struggle with sleep for sure. Well, especially because like I have a little coffee mug warmer that when I pull it out of my extract craft, I throw it in there just to bubble off the little bit of alcohol if I don't boil it all the way down. Um, it just makes it so I can do more batches. And I'll leave one on there specifically. This little mug warmer gets like, I have these silicone baking dishes that I set on there and I can stack them to, and use a laser temp gun to get the rough thermo- like temperature, but it can go anywhere from like 170 degrees down to like 110. So if I leave it on there for like a day or two and just let it sit, it almost turns like dark black, but THC goes to CBN. And so a much higher percentage of that becomes CBN. And when you take that RSO, you just get knocked the fuck out. It's like super potent sleep aid. And the thing that I like compared to when I've, cause I've had a lot of access to distillate and a lot of the products that we get, that we end up gifting or not using as much are distillate with a little bit of terpenes mixed in there. I just feel like, like Tao was saying, nature knows the ratio. So when you take the whole plant and extract it and then throw it back into the blend with everything, um, I think that gives you better effects than when you just take like 90% THC and then smack a little bit of terpenes in there to try and make it taste good or palatable for like the vape pens or even some of the edible uh, concoctions. Like, I find the RSO based edibles hit me a lot harder than a distillate based edible. And I think it's because it's so flat. Cannabis is such a broad spectrum. When we test it, there's not just THC. Like, I've got this OGs is high in CBG and um, CBGA, and there's like two percent in there which is actually a pretty significant percent so when you've got cbg thc thca thcv all these other minor cannabinoids flavonoids esters aldehydes ketones all working in unison they sometimes call it the entourage effect um it is like a symphony of amazing chemicals coming at us at one time and i think the further we extract it the further we get away from what is uh beautiful about the plant in my opinion at least like that broad effect the reason that we keep growing this plant is not for we could at this point synthesize thc in a test tube or in a vat full of yeast but thc isn't the only thing that matters it's like alcohol even like wine is great because it's got so many other flavors in it for a lot of people that if you enjoy wine the smell of it the flavor of it it's like 12 to 16 percent right it's not it's not 40 percent whiskey liquor other things like that they're a lot more potent It's more like a concentrate. You're getting into that. It's going to burn. It's going to have a little bit of a bite to it. There's some flavor in there.
1: Less turfs. It's not not (laughs) ever clear.
0: It's not, you know, grain alcohol. And uh, so I think that in cannabis, we're going to start to find that people will drift towards the wine of cannabis, the under 20 percenters, you know, the stuff that has a lot of other flavors in there. Like what the fuck makes up the other percent of wine? There's 12% alcohol. Yeah, but there's a lot of other tannins and, you know, Esters and aldehydes and things like that that make you enjoy the mouthfeel or the smell or just the uh, general effect. I think they do have different effects. Like whiskey always got me a worse drunk than vodka or, uh, you know, other things like that. And everybody is different. Uh, some people love te- tequila, some people hate tequila. So I think we're getting more to that space in cannabis now where we're going to realize like it's a maturing market. There's going to be more and more varieties and niches that spring about where, like, I think THCV is going to be its own little craft thing. Like, I'm, I'm like the biggest THCV van ever. Like anything THCV, I've always been a fan of it. I've never not liked it. So I know when that becomes more of a broad market, I'm going to be like, yes, give me that. Like, And just like I know if I was to drink wine, I like Merlot. I like Malbec. I like, you know, certain types of wine that I can always go to, Uh, Pinot Noir's is another one. And so I'm excited to see cannabis get to that space where even if the strain names kind of bounce around, I had a fucking awesome uh, experience getting a sample from Bingus out there, shout out to Bingus. He sent me some of his bud to guess out, or not sent, he gave me some of his bud to uh, try. And so I got to uh, experience some Bingus bud and some of it was called Platinum Asset. I should pull up my little review. But he sent me some stuff that I haven't smelt the aroma of in a long time. And actually, one of them reminded me a little bit of uh, something that I grew from Tao called Amy Aces. It was kind of cheesy. Uh, the first one that I smoked was his Bud Zingus, And um, I didn't even know what the strain was. I just saw that. It, well, I knew it was Budzingus, but I didn't know what the cross was, I should say. And I just ground it up and smoked it. And initially it was like blueberry, grapefruit, orange, citrus, a little earthy herbal pine and cheese. The cheese is what reminded me of uh, Miami Aces. And it also kind of reminded me of a strain that was called blue cheese, not because it smelled like blue cheese, but it was like a blueberry crossed to uh, cheese from Big Buddha or whatever back in the day, which I think blueberry and cheese, just like probably Brandon's, a, I think he calls it a blueberry cheesequake or no, that's a that's towel. Fuck, I'm all over the place. I'm definitely feeling good. Smoking on whatever I'm smoking on this. Oh, geez. I got blueberry cheese. train mac and sour cheese berry. My blueberry
2: train macs are stupid. That shit is ridiculous, dude. It's got the train wreck high. It's just, it's fucking, it's so good, dude. Blueberry train, blueberry train mac is, is just a phenomenal fucking break.
0: I love finding good shit like that, and this bud Zingus. I gave them a. I always give people a little breakdown of like potency out of ten, bag appeal, aroma, and flavor, and I give them like the smell from initial smell, like when you crack the jar, ground up aroma, and then the flavor that I experience. And then I also wrote trichome density and uh, harvest time on this one. But um, yeah, this the thing that stood out to me most was the aroma. It had a super strong nose, and like when I ground it up, my whole place smelled like this bud. <laughs> It just had such a, some people call it loud. I, I like that term because, like, even though it's describing a sound, uh, that's what you would think of when you smell something. Like, I ground it up and I walk all the way into my kitchen and I'm like doing stuff over there. I'm like, I can still smell it very distinctly. Love it. Like that's 10 great plus when feet away. Happens. So, that to me is like a very good sign of you've got some strong, uh, You're you're doing a lot right if you get your plants to express like that. If your plant smells so strong or you're growing a good variety. Um, It ended up, I'd have to go on his YouTube and pull it up, but I think it was something to white cheese and like a blueberry variety. like blue diesel, I think was the male and white cheese was the female, double white cheese, but yeah, it's some killer stuff. And it's just uh, always nice to get to try different stuff. And that aroma was one. And the other thing that uh, the platinum asset more so was the second strain that I tried from the initial aroma was sagey. I just don't smell sagey stuff that often. Like, I, I think a lot of people don't, maybe don't even know what sage smells like. But the other thing that kind of came out more when I ground it up was lemongrass, which is another one. Maybe you know it or don't know it. It's not really like lemon or grass. It's kind of its own. I both
1: <laughs> Sage and lemongrass. I grow them both.
0: So you know exactly then the the smell. And lemongrass is interesting. It's kind of hard to describe, but I would say it's sweet and kind of fresh. And it's definitely got some citrusiness, but it's not like, it, I actually like a lemon it's kind of herbal and sweet and clean kind of smelling but it's a very interesting one and, and pine i actually feel like is rare these days so when i find something piney i'm always happy because i'm a fucking pine fiend i love me some pine anything so big shout out to bingus it was cool uh to link up with him and get a sample cheers to you bingus and uh yeah he got a 9.3 out of 10 on the one and 9.25 out of 10 so he, uh, and I'm I'm a tough critic. I'll fucking tell somebody if their their stuff is not the quality that I'm looking for. Because I think and I don't do it in like a demeaning way. I'll just say like these are the areas that I think you can improve. If I think that it could look better or smell and honestly, I think I might even remove bag appeal at some point because I think bag appeal is I used to think it mattered, but I really I've smoked the ugliest, nastiest, shittiest looking bud that got me so high and tasted so good. I just like I don't care anymore how it looks. Like get it in me. Let me smell it. I I close my eyes and smell the jar at this point because I think it's like if you lose a sense they say that like uh, blind people can hear better and smell better and I think that even just like when you turn down the radio in your car when you're driving to like get some of that sensory uh, effect down when you're like trying to park or like if some shit's going down you really got to focus. I think um, closing your eyes and sniffing a jar like makes you connect to if you haven't done that maybe that's a something to try because a lot of people tell me that I I can smell things that maybe they don't smell or can't describe words to. I also recommend um, getting into like essential oils or trying some essential oils. So even if you don't grow these plants or know these plants, if you get examples of, you can buy a set for fairly inexpensive of like five or seven, uh, floral essential oils or citrus essential oils. And then you really will have an understanding of like, Oh, this is tangerine versus orange or whatever. And, um, I think it's, uh, Nice to be able to describe what's in there because then you can sort of hunt down like i was just describing a few strains that it reminded me of the amy aces the blue cheese so if i'm looking for that type of high or smell or flavor then i can look for either that strain again or something similar or related to it in terms of crosses Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people i think underestimate how powerful that is but like so often i've tried a strain that was like had one of the same parents and it was so close to that same effect or smell or flavor that I was looking for that it's, it's not like a, a lost cause. If your favorite strain died or got lost or is no longer being sold, there's maybe something related to it or something that is a similar parental lineage combination that might uh, yield you the same sort of end result.
1: Problem is we just gotta get regulation to go away so that everybody can grow as many plants as they want so they can do all the home experiments that they want or home breeding products that they want to do. And uh we'll never have to worry about it again. But until then, we we'll just keep on growing. I think I want uh, to see t-
3: you Green. I want to see
0: yeah. green.
1: I, I want to see a green so
0: bad. It would be really nice to do, have everybody be able to grow as many, just like tomatoes or grapes. Like the think about like in regular food like there's only so many of like the pink pineapples out there or the cotton candy grapes where they like crossed a bunch of things together and they found some really cool unique stuff imagine if we had no plant count just like they do and could cross hundreds or thousands of plants together with specific intentions, hunting for specific expressions. I think one of the closest is Nat from Humboldt Mm -hmm. Seed Company. He does some pretty massive hunts with some commercial farms where he gives them huge lots of seeds, and he does tons and tons of different crosses, so he can really nail down flavors and expressions probably a lot more quickly than uh, some other people might be able to. They're also using, I think, lab-assisted, You they're terpene uh, testing, they're doing genetic analysis, and they have a lot larger scale than any of our home growers are able to work at. So him, even like Adam, 2020 Mendocino is doing things at scales that we're not able to do legally, at least in the home grow side of things. But that being said, I don't want to discourage anybody on the home grow side of things, because like I talked about earlier, Josie, um, Northern Lights, Greg, and, uh, even Chemdog, Mastery, He, uh, was 17 he was just some dude at a grateful dead show so you might have some bag seed on you in your stash right now that if you pop it might be the one like the next one that's just sitting there waiting and you don't even know it yet but you're sitting on it and it might turn out to be this really killer shit and that's the beauty of popping your own seeds and uh growing from seed is that you can ultimately find something that no one else has and you can just uh
1: yeah like coconut
0: turps whoa is there, uh, yeah, I don't know of any coconut terps. <laughs> I bet you somebody will find them. I had something, I swear, it had bacon terps for a little bit.
1: Bacon? No, nah, that's bacon. a unique one. Yeah.
0: That it smelled like popular. bacon for like a week, dude. And I thought it was just because like maybe I ate bacon that morning or something. No, this plant smelled like bacon for a straight <laughs> week and it didn't come out in the cure. So I was a little bit bummed out, but it definitely, and I've, I know some people that have some like meaty smelling plants and like some, a wide variety of weird odors. I had one that smelled
4: like bologna for sure. Straight up bologna. Even when it was done, yeah, straight the up through. S- oh, wow.
1: Did it smoke like it's it too? Not,
4: it was not good. sure i like It, it wow. got me stoned too, so. Nice. Yeah. That's good. But I lost it. I mean, that was before the, the lady sold the house, so I had to take everything out, and yeah, that ruined me for a minute.
1: I had one that a lot of people swore it was like Salisbury steak or something and it was a Northern Light Times headband. Headlights. I heard like, yep, it was headlights.
0: I remember that you talking about that one. Everybody said yeah. that. They're like, Salisbury steak cut. <laughs> like what the... <laughs> <laughs> My wife would love that. She loves <laughs> Salisbury steak. It's amazing though. Cannabis can express. I feel like any smell that I've smelled in nature from like a skunk to like dying decaying like whatever animal that is out there like roadkill, roadkill to asphalt to gasoline to methane to just piss. I mean Lemons lemon and
3: oranges and <laughs> grape
0: fruits and like Handy. limes blueberries like and it can be roots. anything and I'm not talking about like sprayed nice. on stuff like I was talking about earlier like literally just natural expression strawberry I had this Oh, strawberry daiquiri. I I still kick myself. That's definitely a white buffalo one for me. It it smelled and tasted so fucking good. And had such a nice, strong high, quick onset, probably good.
4: Grandpa's breath.
0: Grandpa's breath. There's definitely some halitosis type stuff. Like GMO has some uh, phenos and crosses that are really, and Chem does too. I think it comes from the Chem D or the Chem 4. I think Chem D is the one that has the funkiness. But a lot of those have uh, some really like body odory, like kind of funky, nasty. There's like dumpster. Dumpster was a famous one in Ohio. The dumpster cut. That sounds disgusting.
3: All those things like that, you know, the the body odor, all that stuff, sounds disgusting. But I swear, I, I smell uh, good weed, and I don't think I've ever come. Like I said, the pine is the only thing that ever really repelled me. All the other stuff is like, mm. so as disgusting as it smells, I loved it.
0: <laughs> I just had one called mule fuel. It was a GMO. I think the jet fuel gelato or jet fuel, uh, but whatever. It it was really GMO heavy, but it was garlicky. And had a little bit of a kind of a funky, almost like not quite full B- uh, BO, but it was heavy garlic. Maybe garlic gas. It uh was almost in the vein of Donny Burger, but not quite, not quite that potent. But uh, the GMO man, I I feel like GMO is a little bit like purple punch in that I think it crosses almost better than it grows on its own like its parents or its offspring, I I get more of the garlicky funkiness from a lot of the, um or even just specifically garlic from a lot of GMO crosses than I get from pure GMO. I think GMO is a little bit flatter.
1: Yeah, unless you smoke a different GMO, I think. I think you can smoke the GMO because that's all I taste on GMO is garlic. At least the cut that I've had that floats around here. And uh, like the first time I smoked GMO out of my bond, I was like, wow, I like garlic, but that's a little much. So I dumped, you know, I finished the bowl, dumped out the ashes, put in a completely different strain because I just thought there was a little much on the garlic turps. And what I can't remember what the second strain was, but it, that tasted like garlic too still from the fucking turps of the GMO. I mean, this shit Strong. is so garlic. I mean, so it surprises me to say that you don't really find it in the GMO. I think that I, we're not growing or, it long enough
0: out here. I'm not growing it myself. Well, that enough. could be, yeah. A lot of people take it like 78 days. I've seen people take it 82 days. And I know they're not going like it's that usually here. out here, yeah. So how does that weeks.
3: transfer when you make hash out of the meat flavor, you know, or the some of that other stuff? Garlic comes through that?
0: really well in the hash. People love the GMO for hash because the garlic does come through well in that. Uh, the crosses too. Uh, The meat flavors in the hash, I'm not as sure about. Oh, I would like a salami one or pepperoni. <laughs> there you go. Salami. I don't know. I, I have some, I heard somebody say salami terps once. I've also heard somebody say baby diaper terps. So <laughs> there's quite the variety. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that one for sure. Some subcool stuff. I think even the uh, vortex that I was just growing from Spartan grown has been known to have some uh, baby poop or baby fart terps yeah it's
1: like a spectrum of kind of citrusy mango it goes all the way to lemon like even lemon candy to citrusy mango to like rotten yeah baby diaper rotten mango rotten baby diaper
0: wild i just love the yeah. diversity and variety what would be uh your super bowl spartan grown if you had to uh pick you were saying you're a garlic guy, but even that garlic was too much for you. It could be strains. It could be flavors. What would uh, your ideal combination be? Or um, it might be different every day. But if you were looking to smoke, if you could snap your fingers right now and say, I'm going to, you know, Matt, like uh, for growly up a bowl, uh, uh-huh. some terps for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
1: Dude, it'd be the one, you know, the ones I don't have, the ones I don't have in front of me, the ones I can't get my hands on. And it's, it's like the ones I let get away or got away. It would be that stuff because I just want to enjoy them again. And it would be Viper City OG. I just want to smoke a whole bowl of that with nothing else. Viper City OG top with some Viper City OG trim tray hash, and just uh, blow my mind away and sink into the couch and become one with it.
0: I love that combo, like flower <laughs> with its own trim tray hash on top of it, and yes. with a cherry pie. And that you could even go like. Three layer cake style where you go flour, trim tray hash, temple ball on top. So the temple ball melts down into the kind of keefiness of that trim tray hash, which if you clean it up is actually like wicked good fucking dry sift hash. Like it's <coughs> it's high grade. You can uh, do the static dry roller tech. Some people use CD cases or whatever, um, but it's amazing. No, There's something to be said it.
4: about. A salad joint too, you know, two different kinds of weed. My one buddy loved doing that. He liked mixing two different kinds of weed. I do it every day
0: on my rolling thing. I like it When I get down to a certain point, I mix two or three strains together. I'll like be smoking a little bit of one, and maybe I'll have like some sativa from the morning or like a hybrid, and then like the indica from last night, and then I'll blend them together after I smoke a little bit of just the one or the other because I do think that the – entourage effect like rick simpson going back to RSO, extra entourage, yeah. invented it he said to use five strong indicas and back then like indica i think was the more potent and reliable uh strain for especially he's a canadian for people to grow so a blend of five would ensure that he was getting a broader entourage because maybe it wasn't the thc maybe it was thcv or thcp or one of these other ones that they like just recently discovered and didn't even know about it was one of those blips on these uh you know, test results that people didn't even know what it was until these Italian scientists figured out, oh, THC-P is this new thing, right? So uh, there's so many, and CBD-P, I think is the other one, but and it's more active at certain receptor sites. And I think there's so many different types of cancer that there's probably certain types of cannabinoids that are more effective at treating different types of cancer. So I'm obviously not a, doc- a doctor and neither is Dr. MJ in the sense of medical doctors, but I will say anecdotally and from lots of experience and research that I've done online through either cureyourowncancer.org where it's specific to people that use cannabis oils, there's thousands of documented cases where people share, here's where I started stage four with their tumors. And then here's two months, three months after, and they're getting better. And then a year later, they're in remission or whatever it is, you know, everybody has their own story but it's amazingly and that's why i think like brandon spartan myself gone. Tao, and many others have said like it's so powerful the medicine yeah not and-
4: even cancer just any any uh disease or illness and that's why i think where the separation it could be important you know separating that all the cannabinoids and terpenes to make a concoction that would uh, cure someone but if i'm just going to smoke it I-, I want it like straight off the plant you know yeah
0: I'm with you there, Tal.
1: I'm going to not limit myself and try every fucking way. <laughs>
0: hey, whatever works.
1: Exactly.
3: I like the whole, it's another from, quiver. From diamonds to flower. I don't care what it exactly. is. I'll try it all. Another, another there, quiver,
0: tool in the tool exactly. belt. Yes. Yeah, I like that. It's, open-minded.
3: it's absolutely criminal that it's not in every doctor's uh, arsenal of pain control, though it's totally ridiculous every doctor i've talked to almost all of them except my my regular general practitioner she's a bo- on board for uh, cannabis, but all the other ones they just they don't recommend it at all and you know, it's just sad.
1: comes on the money unfortunately
0: sadly somehow in california but even the doctor doctors like when you go into like a hospital when i've talked to them, i'm like hey Yeah, I got injured in a car accident a few years ago, and I was having a muscle tightened and locking up, and I did have pain, but I was like, I don't want opiates. Like, I use cannabis as my pain relief, and they're like, okay, like, will you take a muscle relaxer? And I ended up taking that, and it helped, but I didn't want to take traditional opiates for pain relief because, one, I personally think we're supposed to feel some amount of pain if you're injured. Your body is trying to tell you, hey, it's time to slow down, ice, rest, recover, heal, if you push through injuries, oftentimes you make them worse. I've experienced that myself. I had a bad back injury when I was younger playing sports, and I ignored it for several months, and it got worse and worse and worse. And I ended up herniating a disc, my L5, and I had two bulging discs on top of that and a fracture, my L5. And I ended up doing a year and a back brace and a year and a half of physical therapy after that. And I'm still fucked up. <laughs> so I'll tell you that. It's no uh, – being a tough guy sometimes doesn't – work out in the long run, can cause you a lot more pain. And I think um, even with that being said, cannabis is a much safer option. One of my best friends uh, last year ended up passing from an overdose from opioids and he got hooked on them after he got a double hernia removal surgery, legally acquired them from his doctor. But when those prescriptions run out, many people have gotten addicted and had to turn to some street dealer or some alternative version, which the ones that are out there now are way more dangerous. Uh, Fentanyl is actually what he ended up dying from, like many others. So it's a serious problem, and I think cannabis is one of the only effective solutions that I've seen. There's things like Suboxone and uh, other things that work for people, and I'm thankful that those exist. I think that methadone is... Uh, Effective for some people, but I think it can be problematic to get somebody addicted onto another sort of what I feel like is not the healthiest substance. But whatever works for people and gives them a better quality of life, I'm always, like I said, trying to be open minded and letting people find the best thing to work for them, whether it's a strain or different medications. I know that even though for me, I'm not like the everyday microdoser or, uh, you know, big shroom guy, I'll say that I've seen a lot of people benefit from uh entheogens as uh, I think the more elevated educated individuals would call them. So some people refer to them as hallucinogens or whatever, but mushrooms and I think that psilocybin type medicine is very effective as well. And although in my life right now I'm not finding, you know, a specific need for it, I might later find something that it benefits, you know, for me. And even without that, I've seen other people benefit greatly and I, I think that we should uh, maybe advocate to be more open to some of these more natural medicines that are shown to be very low on the harmfulness scale. People aren't overdosing and dying off of cannabis or mushrooms for that like other example. So they're very safe and uh, have wide varieties of uses. So it's high time that we uh, continue to push. And we have, I mean, cities and states and things like that are decriminalizing, legalizing, and starting to do more studies. So great to see.
3: oh by the way uh i meant to tell you guys uh, the reason i'm using these these the uh, this system the uh, pumps and hydro is because i can't pick up stuff because of my back i can't pick up uh, bags of soil bags of cocoa pick up a pot in the grow room you know to see if it needs to be watered so i move everything with pumps and uh, tubes so it keeps now i can carry a, a bucket of water every once in a while stuff like that but regular something about the angle of my injury or I'm not sure what it is, but I just can't
0: pick up anything like
3: that. So I've uh, adapted all this stuff. So I don't have to do that.
0: And that's the beautiful thing. It's like, it's what works for you. I, I know a few people that are uh wheelchair bound that are still able to grow and they can Get find out
3: no shit, man, yeah. respect. It's, it's
0: not easy, but you know, they, uh, it's, it's, they find ways to make things work for them. And, and, Never underestimate the determination of people, especially when they find out how beneficial cannabis is to their medical need and then realize, Oh, I can grow this way cheaper than I can get it for. Unless like they've got a really good caregiver set up. It's, it's hard for a lot of people. It becomes a cost that if they find it's an effective medicine, they have to ration or use less than they might need. Maybe they could benefit more from a higher dose, but they just can't afford that. So they're going to use however much they can get a benefit from, but it's a, a shame to me that it's not pennies and like I I don't I'm not a big cannabis profiteer I'm not making money off selling pounds of it or anything so I would love to see the cost of it continue to drop and um, become more affordable to people and bring the access up businesses can still thrive and exist just like they do with food we sell wheat and corn and all this other stuff at whatever cost it is at scale and there's still going to be craft markets for the things that come from like wheat and corn, like you can get whiskey from those things, right? And you can get wine from grapes, and you can have cannabis that's grown at scale for disty carts or made into good RSO. Uh, like Spartan even used to get hemp that he would use to make CBD RSO. And uh, you were just talking to Art Man earlier about how I think your wife benefit really greatly from the uh, harlequin, I think you said, or some other CBD plant. Yes, yes sir. And so yes, it just yes, shows so when you mix that in there like i'm not a big cbd guy but i love that it benefits a lot of people out there it, it's become i won't even call it a craze it's become a phenomena and it's kind of uh stamped itself in at least in the american culture and especially california i mean you can get it at like your local health food shop and in, put into like like a boost shot into like your green juice you know it's like it is so ubiquitous now in our culture like you know, grandma's taking CBD, like grandpa's taking CBD, like everybody and anybody, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so- my wife
3: knows a little old lady. She's like 95 in Oklahoma who's taken CBD. She's a church going little old lady, dedicated Christian. She said, God put this on the earth for a reason and it helps her arthritis. Okay. So anybody wants to diss that, screw that, you know,
0: right. And so yes. this little
3: old lady recognizes the value
0: i think it's every uh plant and bearing herb right or every uh plant that bears seed that depending on which uh something like that, oh, like that.
1: Really plant. oh there we go very close yep
2: yeah
0: I, awesome. i'm like uh ricky isms i get like 75 <laughs> or 50 of the way there that's a shout out to trailer park boys i love the fucking swear net gang and the trailer park boys i've seen them live what a fucking great show! And uh, R.I.P. Leahy. And uh, shout out to like, yeah, that whole gang of individuals. They're fucking hilarious. I, th- I think they've actually done a decent amount to put cannabis out there in a way that showed it more realistic. Not like you're gonna like torch a plant and then like fall over high from it, but at least they were showing like you know semi legit looking grow ops and like getting high and not like having like tie dye shit going over the screen and making it look like they're having some sort of I will not even compare it to an acid trip, but like just like weird, funky. We've all probably seen some movie or TV show that represented cannabis or something that it's totally not. Uh, so it's cool to see it just represented as kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah like they drank and smoke weed. And it's just it is what it is. You know, it's like the boys just doing their thing, hanging out, having fun. Like there's no real demonizing of it. It's they make a fucking driveway out of hash at some point. <laughs> so it's uh, he makes hash coins and starts like trading. It's, it's a great show if anybody hasn't watched it. But yeah. watching the uh, halftime show right here usher is uh getting down throwback
3: that's funny i didn't even know there was a game today i've been out of, well i told you earlier i've been out in the football scene i was 30 year fan the, of the bears but they, they never got a quarterback damn it yeah, like, i found out today The was today that's when i found out oh did you yeah <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, man, you know i finally get on your show and, and, you know, my uh, my schedule as far as Harvest never aligns with you guys, but I finally get on there and I find out it's broadcast during the Super Bowl. It's like, son of a, are you kidding me? So, but there's lots of people here anyway. A lot of us aren't uh, uh, sports centric.
0: I've tend to found that's actually uh, fairly common across the community that I, I've seen. Sports aren't like a quite common talking place in cannabis events or things like that like uh, you've got your people here and there but it seems like for the most part most shows I watch that's not like the side topics people are going down on
1: I used to be big into football I used to have season tickets to the Michigan State Spartan football team up there in Lansing and then uh, it's honestly the the fans kind of ruin it unfortunately (laughs) mankind kind of fails you a little bit and uh it ruins it a little bit and honestly the weirdest thing for me was is i loved college sports because i felt like they were playing because you're playing for the shot to you know go on to the the pros Um, nobody's really getting paid although that's being changed now but when i was watching
3: play with your heart
1: yeah, well, yeah, there's more heart, it seems like. And when you watch the pros, that's kind of like it's, it's a little more individual, it seems like. And um, so I did enjoy watching football, but it, now it's kind of changed. And it's not really the same. So I haven't really watched football in probably three four years. I'll watch a game here and there, but it's hard for me to sit down and watch it without saying I could be doing so many other things right now. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you this. A lot of the college guys at the highest level – Because I lived in Ohio, and Ohio State is one of the biggest teams every year, there's a lot of uh, shenanigans that goes on with recruiting. A lot of parents that become independently wealthy after their child gets recruited. A lot of kids who are recruited from very low-income areas, driving very expensive vehicles their freshman year, and uh, they get papered up pretty quick, a lot of these guys. So yeah, they're doing it for the love of the game, but a lot of them that are at the highest level because of... The desirability because of the money that they bring in it is as big as the pros if not bigger depending okay, on the year
4: times have changed
0: well even back in the day like you look at like there was like old mobsters bribing kids and boston saying like hey those are nice legs like i hope uh, they wouldn't get broken before <laughs> your next game
4: if you don't uh yeah yeah you, uh, d- don't even say there like
0: there. they're not even what really did it for me was they didn't even tell them hey lose the game they'd say hey win but only by six all right don't beat them by 20. Beat him by six, right? And then the kid's like, "All right, fuck it, we'll win." And I'll just like throw it out of bounds a few times. Like there was this thing about this guy called Headache uh, from Arizona, uh, one of the Arizona college teams. He kind of got in with gambling, got some debt with the bookie on other stuff, and then this bookie ended up having him basically like win games and shave points. So instead of winning by twenty versus a team that they should have blown out, they'd win by twelve or something like that, you know. So uh, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes (laughs) and. It's all just entertainment, but yeah, some people take it very seriously. And there's fanatics. The one thing I was going to say I I don't love is like being from Ohio, a lot of people are taught to like hate Michigan. They call it the state up north, even in the college level. Like there's these bitter rivalries. And like, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. You just said you're a Bear fan. And like, that would make us hate each other. I used to like you, man. We we would always kick the Bears' ass whenever, like in my lifetime, the Packers beat the Bears. Probably it wasn't even just like Ohio. Do
1: you hear that subtle shit talking, Art Man? We've always kicked. I didn't do shit.
0: Ass in my lifetime, we've always kicked the Bears' ass. I'm just saying, saying, historically, you could look up like you know the last few decades. Let go of the hate, dude. Let go of the hate. There's no hate. It's just else. like showing oh, an I'm example of fanatics yeah. like ohio kidding. state versus michigan and you're a spartans fan so you won't even care about this but like the wolverines used to be ohio state's rival like big time but in my again and just in my lifetime experience ohio state won like 10 out of every 11 times they play so like michigan might win one every decade but it didn't feel much like a rivalry when one sides always winning
1: the michigan's very good at, at touting their ancient history they don't really like to talk about Except for this year. Current times. Congratulations. They it's just like Notre Dame,
0: Dame or the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns won you know, all the first early things back before they had a Super Bowl. And then like as soon as hey, the Lions they got around, one, they never won.
1: Same thing with the Lions. They got one before the Super Bowl was a thing. And then they got close this year, though. Shout out to the Lions.
0: I will say, uh, I know a lot of people that are in the cannabis space are into conspiracies. So if you're interested in a conspiracy, look up like the fixes in it talks about basically how every major sport can be fixed. They're all regulated in the U S the same way the WWE or wrestling world wrestling entertainment is regulated under sports entertainment, which means as long as they put on a show, that's all they have to do. They have to, you know, they have rules and they have games or whatever, but they can predetermine the outcomes. So it could be choreographed. It doesn't have yeah. to be. Well,
4: While well, we it was of, anyway, while we're on this kind of conspiracy, you realize like Fox news, CNN, they're all not news; state, they're entertainment, so that they can lie and not get called out on it. Yeah. So instead of like Euro News, maybe BBC News might be considered a news program, whereas all the American ones are all entertainment programming. So they're not; they don't get; they can't get sued for liable. Yeah. That's they first.
1: Life. Yeah. They first came out as uh, yeah. like cable, cable and, and satellite only. Yeah. So they aren't part of the network. So they might not fall underneath the network laws. Is that what you're saying? Well,
0: no, no, they're they're like regulated by the FCC. ABC. Yeah, but but they're they're, they're saying it. that they're entertainment, not like news. They're not just reporting right. facts. They're not saying right. why are they right. the right. there was an earthquake. Okay, so
1: right. why are they called Fox News? And right in the name, that's right. the word news doesn't Fox mean like anything. Network. Well, that's right. bullshit. <laughs> <I think> news
0: <laughs> means like north, east, west, south. Like or there's like not really new things, but like there's a the idea of news is it's just a word it's just like saying natural on something doesn't make it have no pesticides or like actually be quote unquote organic there's like these labels that get abused but yeah there's a weird little things like that i think
1: news implies journalism and journalism has rules i would i mean that's my point of view anyway
4: like someone said cyanide is organic but it'll kill you so even if something says organic on it you should you know know what it does and
0: water will kill you in the wrong dose dose yeah, is there the, you, you know the poison is all about the dose if you drink too much people get reverse osmosis or they drown like there's you know even completely not healthy organic. what's that
2: water's not organic
0: right cuz it's about you know, the carbon it's an
2: inorganic substance
0: but people wouldn't think like, oh, my water's inorganic. They're not, you know, no one's marketing. Sure, yeah. it, is, it
2: is though. It's hundred yeah, percent inorganic. It's actually, it's actually a solvent.
4: It's, sure a, carries it's a called lot of stuff the universal solvent. Yeah, universal solvent.
0: Because <laughs> it literally is a solvent to so many things. Like it's it's very uh, universally a solvent. That's why when people <laughs> call.
3: I was, was going to follow department. that
0: up. If, But I, I was just going to say, if people call <laughs> ice water hash solventless, right? But no, it's a solvent. by definition, it's water, is, water is a solvent. <laughs> yeah. and oh, it's and it's a not you.
4: used in that fashion. It's not acting as a solvent, supposedly. in the. It's knocking off the resin. What is it doing to the?
0: Why do you smell terpenes in the water? Why do you smell stuff in the water? Isn't it a solvent?
2: solvent. You will will solubilize uh, different types of terpenes. Some terpenes are they're called water-soluble
0: terpenes.
4: Soluble. It just depends. Okay, so yeah, you're right. But but they make water-soluble products. and
0: food stuff. the the better question,
1: Tao, is is why is BHO that's being tested that shows that it has zero present solvent, not allowed in a solventless competition. Answer me that. I think the
0: whole term solventless is just silly at this point.
1: I I just want to know what the definition of solventless is, because if you you go to a lab test that says there's 0.00 in it, that that seems like that
0: would be solventless. I think the solventless is what they're describing the method of extraction when they're talking about that t- type of competition. So we're having a solventless. I,
4: yeah, I wonder if entered in
1: their methodology.
0: You mean when they use a universal solvent to make? Right, it? that's what I'm saying. It's it's ironic. <laughs> it's honestly <laughs> ironic that we have that sort of. Just, there's so many of these examples in our community.
2: Average is just, just incorrect that, when it comes down to it.
4: Yeah, all the term terminology Indicus, Tiva, all, almost everything us potheads use is yeah. our own vernacular. We know what we talk. We know what we mean when we say these things, though, right? That's the thing. It becomes a new airs, term. I mean it was made without pho or other uh, gases? It was water, pretty much water extracted or dry, right, or dry sifted, right? Well, dry sifted solidless. But he's right. That's not the proper terminology. Just like Indicus, tiva has no true like scientific scientific definition but we know if we're talking about plant structure we say it's more indica it's fat leaf, and short we're talking about high it's indica it's more couch lock and not energetic as much as if it were. we called it a sativa we know we understand this but it's still not really accepted universally by the world you know
0: right with that said spartan grown. I know we went a little bit over our time. I, I don't have my clock up in the background like I normally do. I'm watching the game. I lost a little track of time, and I'm enjoying our conversation. But uh, it is time for your final thoughts and shout-outs before you get heading on over. To, are you guys having a Michigan Crow show tonight?
1: I think, yes, we are. We're having um, Gems and Genetics come on. They're going to talk about their festivals that they hold here uh, here in Michigan, so it should be a cool show.
0: I've heard great things, honestly. I, that's yeah. something I want to bring my wife out to is the Gems and Genetics in Michigan. Uh, Michigan. It's I've one in June. I think, nothing but good things.
1: Year. Yeah, June this year. Uh, yeah, but other than that, just uh, much love. Keep growing, everybody. I don't
0: have anything else. <laughs> great having you as always, Spartan.
3: Nice talking to you, man.
4: Stay here. Yeah, peace out, Spartan. Have a great
0: night, man. See you guys, man. Much love. Anything new on the horizon that you're looking forward to? I see you've got the seeds. Uh, you know, going uh they're pollinated right now, so I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Anything uh, anything else exciting there, Art man I'm
3: just finishing up a portrait. i I'm, I'm uh, I don't know if you follow that on Instagram. I got a double portrait of a couple of kids. I'm finishing up, almost there.
0: So I have been seeing, seeing the work in progresses on uh, some of them. Cool.
3: Yeah, a lot of people like seeing that. So I've been kind of doing that on each painting I've been doing. Uh, they don't usually get to see that. So uh,
0: I liked it with the Spartan one for sure. It was cool to see him, like develop as you went through. That's a, a I enjoy art, although I'm not able to really produce it. I enjoy uh, visual art, like what you're creating. And I think that uh, is a tremendous talent. And uh, I'm happy that you're able to share it with us and others on social media
3: thank you i'm also going to try to do a a friend of mine over here on uh, caribou kingfisher does uh, buds he paints buds and i'm going to do a a, some of the try to capture realistic buds so that should be interesting of course your velvet punch will be up at the top of the list because it was a beautiful plant
0: i would love to see that for sure there's a really good hand-drawn artist i can't think of their name I'll try and send them to you after the show, and if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. They do um, pencil, like colored pencil cannabis drawings, and they're like hyper-realism. But they will they have like zoomed into the trichomes art, and they also have like just plants with like all the color. And it's amazing what uh, people are able to do, yourself included, with uh, the realistic art. It's like uh, just next level.
3: Yeah, it looks like a photograph. Actually, it it's better a, in the photograph. When you when you shoot a picture, like the one of those these two kids, uh, the eyes are really dark. It kind of looks really strange. So I, I choose to uh, lighten it or do whatever I want to make it look better. You know, anything in the background I don't like, it's gone. So stuff like that. So it's uh, really cool. Like it.
0: Photoshop OG. <laughs> Pre-Photoshop, OG. Photoshop. I think Stalin was the first one who used Photoshop. Somebody was joking the other day. There's like (laughs) photos of him that he like had other people cut out of way back in the, uh, I think, World War II days.
3: Oh, I I think people have been doing that before that, like uh, exes. And, you know, if you get divorced, I'm sure they cut them out every (laughs) time it (laughs) happens.
0: Since we've been able to get photos, right?
3: Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. So
0: before
4: Stalin. uh, I saw this HBO uh, documentary once. And the dude took like three years to draw a picture of Marilyn Monroe. But he was like using a magnifying glass and drawing the hair on her face and shit. So it was pretty crazy, but yeah, it was, looked real. But somebody else was like, I'm not very impressed. If I wanted a picture, I would just take a picture of her, you know? But that's like a skill that was totally impressive. But yeah, some rich dude just dismissed it as, uh, yeah.
0: You got to love the uh, rich dude who probably has never made art in his life that is going to be the critic on the sideline pointing out how it's not as good as a photo although he could never and probably as well as a photo get
4: close i think it's amazing when that when you can't tell like from you think it's photo and then you're like wow like someone drew that that's even that's like some amazing. of the three
0: dimensional stuff like where it almost looks like there's like the a depth to it or i've seen like some crazy chalk art like mm-hmm. on the ground or if you look right. at it from an angle, you're like, it looks like there's, a there's like a, a pool or something. Oh, all and kinds you of stuff. Yeah, it.
3: those are cool. Those are cool. I've seen those in person.
0: Those are pretty cool. It it like blows your mind. And video actually does a decent job capturing some of them because if they like yeah. walk around it, you're like, whoa. You see it from the other angle, and it totally takes away from the illusion a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's fascinating that we're able to, you know, I I gotta love the creativity that's out there. And I think cannabis inspires a lot of it. I think uh, good sativas actually. Kind of like what Brandon Russ grows and and a lot of stuff he breeds, some of that longer flowering varieties. I think uh, we got to do everything we can to either capture those effects, like subcool and uh, Rick over uh, Cindy ninety nine. I do right.
2: just want to say that that's not true because uh, I harvested at day fifty five, so the I effect necessarily uh, dictate flowering time.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to breed these genetics down to get those effects and ideally cultivate them under a proper amount of light so that they finish sooner. But um, I still think, that being said, there's some special stuff that's different. And like, uh, I had some super silver haze recently. Old school, it's fucking amazing. It's different. It's just different. It looks different. It smells different. It smokes different. It tastes different. And the high is really long-lasting. It's really clear. And I got so much shit done whenever I smoked that. It's a, um, although you can find that in like the 50s and 60s, I just think that there's, it's, it's more than just get shit done. It's more than just like a little bit of uh, extra energy or elevation. Like there's, it, I think I do a better job describing the smells sometimes than the effects. I think the effects are more uh, complex and even like the flavors sometimes don't align with the smell. So it can be really interesting how we perceive uh and sort of get impacted by different strains. what's the uh best early flowering uplifting strain you've got going Brandon
2: um everything that I have is uh is hell is really heady you know I've got um. This, the sour cheeseberry, that one has the craziest effect. That one gets you like stone, stone. like. Um, It's got the, it has uh you know, kind of a, it's got really high THC percentage, but it also has high terpene content. And it's a little bit different than your typical like maricine, carofaline, dominant. The top terpene is Delta three carine followed by oceamine uh, bisabolol uh,
0: and uh, yeah. Osamine. Those uh, are some I like both those
2: and and linalool. So it's got this, uh, it's got a really unique profile and the effect and like it's distinct. It's distinctly different from most of the things as far as the high goes. Um, that's a really great one. I love that. I always keep it in rotation. What's and, the
0: terpene percentage? You're saying it's high, but I, I didn't hear the number if you have like numbers on it ever.
2: Yeah, so it was cool with that particular variety. I actually did a grow off at one point, and so I think 15 different people grew in 15 different gardens, and the I got to get all the tests back. So the lowest tested at 22%, the highest tested at 29%. The lowest terpene test was 2.5, and the highest was 4.8. I've run it a bunch commercially, and I grow it all the time. I mean, I would probably guess that the stuff that I'm doing, I haven't had it tested recently. It's probably three and a half, four.
0: Above two is solid. And other stuff that's not terpenes contributes to smell as well.
2: Yeah, the last batch of stuff that I had tested was all over three. It was like three, three point it was like three to three and a quarter. Um, I didn't have the sour cheeseberry tested in that batch because I didn't have any. Um, but that was like some like cookies type stuff. There was Joker's candies, there was grape gas. There was uh Deep too sterile, grill glue four. The grill glue was like three point two eight or something like that was what I got
0: on the grill glue. Solid. Solid. It's always been good. Smells good, tastes good, good high. With that being said, respect to Josie Wales, the guy who uh found it and kept it alive and spread it all over RIP to him and his uh crew. And uh with that being said, final thoughts and shout outs, I'll start with Brandon Russ.
2: Yep, uh yep, always a pleasure to be here um i'm gonna be out in atlanta uh this week so if you're out there in duluth at the uh skin the landscaping convention i'll be out there uh check out the Bokashi earthworks website www.bokashi earthworks.net use code grow big for 10 percent off your entire order and i'll see you all next week
0: thank you so much brandon and last and certainly not least of our regular panelists this evening we've got the american one
2: jack
4: always a great hosting ability thank you it's always good to be here good to see everyone chat art man thanks for showing you grow and yeah i want to shout out collector mary jane seed person one and uh sacred gardens i think he changed his name he's been changing his name a couple times but all them people hooked me up recently and in the past and uh i appreciate I appreciate it. So shout out to them and uh, shout out to everyone who comes and hangs out with us here. on Sunday nights and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.
0: Always a pleasure, Tao. And our honorable guest this evening, Artman. Great having you. Final thoughts? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Artman, two N's, uh, 420 underscore at Instagram. You can uh, see my garden. I put reels up. I put uh, still shots. Uh, some trike shots, and, of course, my artwork. So you can do that. And every Sunday, I'm on the Sundays and Confuse show with Smot and Crispy. And on Wednesdays, the uh, uh, hump days. So you come by there, you can talk to me. So it was nice for you to have me on the show. I appreciate
0: it. We appreciated having you. And I also appreciate Smot and Crispy. They're ardent supporters of this show. They've been huge advocates of getting the word out there consistently being here. I bet you if I look over in the chat right now, Chris be throwing lots of love in the chat as always, as well as Smot Poker. Great people. They grow some fire, I'm sure. I haven't gotten to try it yet, but can't wait to make it out their way at some point. Whenever I visit anybody's state or city, I will let you all know in advance because I want to link up with you. It makes it a lot less stressful to not have to think about maybe uh, if you're flying, bringing stuff with you uh, and then meeting up with people that have homegrown and getting to you know, experience the uh, different buds from all over the US. There's so many different uh, people out there growing so many different strains and different lights and cultivation styles. It's just fun to see how the plant expresses under so many different environments and cultivation techniques. And I even think I'm one of those woo-woo people that thinks maybe a little bit of your personality somehow gets transferred into your plant and that somehow impacts the smoke of the end user and uh, in in a good way with all these great people with good hearts and good intentions growing their good homegrown when you smoke that it's like your grandma's cooking it's just like it hits different you feel the love you you taste the love it's all there and there's no sort of person that's slaving at some you know underpaid job or doing something that they hate uh, essentially or they might have loved it at first but then realizing they're just uh punching a punch clock and maybe growing stuff that's uninspiring and doing it in a way that they're chopping it early and they're trimming it poorly and they're packaging it up and just doing everything wrong every step of the way. Uh, There's such a vast difference and I'm happy that we could be a small part of keeping that community alive of craft cultivators out there that are passionate and keep showing up every week. So with that being said, much love to all of you. I am at Jack Greenstock, like you could see there on Instagram. I don't use it very much anymore to be honest, other than DMing some of you great people back and forth, but you could also find me Jack underscore Greenstock on X, and uh, that's where you can communicate with me. I've got a 24% off sale going for 2024 on my seeds. So if you want a three-pack, five-pack, or 11-pack, I got that going on at 50strains.com, as well as a few copies left of 50 Strains of Green while I'm finishing up 50 Strains of Purple. So look forward to that. But with all that said, peace and love, y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us during the Super Bowl. And have a great rest of your week. Catch you next time.